This show has been hosted and brought to you by Jumbled Radio Online. You can listen to the show and a variety of other shows on demand on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Just search up Jumbled Radio Online on the respective website and you should be able to find it. There may be some harsh language and exploratory themes in the coming cast. Now, off to your host. Welcome back to another episode of Overanalyzing a Thing. I'm your host, Julian Arahana. Thank you so much, Jumbled Radio Online, for hosting this show. Today, we are going to be exploring all the games that I've played so far throughout the year. Um, I have specific episodes for specific games, which is quite nice because some games hit harder than others. And this is essentially going to be the episode where I talk about the games that didn't hit as much or don't have as much thought put into it. Um, I'm probably going to do another one of these at the end of the year when I have finished these games. So, so far, this is the first half of the games that I've played so far that don't deserve an episode or don't have enough things to write about for an episode. Um, At the moment, I have played about 14 games this year, um, ranging from a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different, what's the word, genres and categories, etc., I've put in a lot of hours into some games and very minuscule hours into others, but today we're only going to be talking about the games that I have finished. And if you are interested, I'm going to give you a score for the game that I gave out of 10. And these are legitimate scores that I had to like think of. Um, Most of these games I've enjoyed. So if I enjoy a game and I think it's good, it's a five. Um, If I enjoy a game and I think... Like, it's really, really... Like, if I love a game hardcore, it'll get a 10. It might be because of past experiences with the the franchise and other things like that. It could just be me being weird. Like, I'm not, like, a games journalist. I'm not, like, the sayer of what's a good game or what's not. This is all opinion-based, and this is all how I feel. Um, You will see that some genres will stick and will become, like, my favorite thing, but others aren't as good. Um, I could do a review for last year's games, the 12 games that I played through last year, or finished last year. Um, I need to create a list as well of games that I have not finished, because there's a bunch of games that I've started, but I just couldn't be bothered finishing, because they're not as fun as I thought they would have been. Um, I'm going to try to keep spoilers to a minimum. I will warn you if a spoiler will be coming up. I'll tell you how long I'm going to be talking about the spoiler for, so be wary about that, be ready about that. And let's, uh, I guess we can begin. The first game I played this year, I was trying to aim for a game, at least one game a month, because I have some long PlayStation 4 games that I like to play in a couple of my laptop. Uh, my laptop is really old and really poor. That's why I can't play a lot of good games on Steam or wherever. Uh, most of my gaming occurs on the PlayStation. So a lot of these games, 90% of these games, are going to be coming from the PS4. So in January, I played Wolfenstein 2. Um, here's what I wrote for it. The Adventures of Daddy Blaskovich Blaskowitz. Wow, okay, restart. The Adventures of Daddy Blaskowitz was a stellar mix of FPS, mindless killing, and nice storytelling with beautiful graphics. Wolfenstein 2 can just as easily be a movie than a video game, but thank God it's a game, because I love being BJ and playing as him. Cool. Good writing. Um, the family vibe in the submarine was dope. The character development from the last game felt great, and our choices from the last game affected this one in terms of characters involved, and that was actually a very nice touch. Again, I played it mindlessly, and I love the story. Uh, If it's hella cheap, you should go ahead and buy it. Uh, The gunplay and the graphics made it feel very satisfying to plow through, and it didn't make me feel dizzy or nauseous at all. Uh, There are some games that do make me feel dizzy and nauseous in terms of how they treat the motion blur in FPSs. 
Uh, I can't remember a certain game that fucked me up for motion blur. I think Shenmue was a game that fucked me up for motion blur, but that wasn't even FPS. Um, you get what you pay for. Nothing extremely innovative. Just an extremely well-polished and dope experience. It took me about 20 hours to complete the main story. I gave it a 5 out of 10. Good game. Easy enough to take in. Um, it was a very good step up from Wolfenstein 1 or the first Wolfenstein or Wolfenstein New Order in the PlayStation 4 series, in, like in the new generation of consoles. Um, I love the character development for Blazkowicz. Very good, very nice. I love the idea of having um, a different timeline world where the Nazis have taken over the world and just having the experience of being a militia group fighting for fighting for America, essentially. That was a cool vibe. There was a lot of good elements in the game that made you just feel like a part of an action movie which was very nice um not you know it didn't like hit me strong in terms of the storytelling and whatnot but i enjoyed it thoroughly and i actually loved to play i loved every moment that i was playing the game just not like a full impact that would get me right um so yeah five out of ten 20 hours i played yakuza zero but that's gonna have its own episode uh that should be interesting i have a lot to talk about for the yakuza series so we'll go through that um I'll give you the score. Yakuza 0, I played for 150 hours in February. I played a lot of that game. And that and because the game is an, is an action-adventure beat-em-up, it's an open world as well, or like kind of a sandbox with a bunch of things to do inside the game. Uh, I gave it 10 out of 10. I loved it. I love the character. If you are looking to get into the Yakuza series or have seen a Yakuza game like anywhere, Zero is probably the best one to get into because there are remakes and remasters coming out of the older Yakuza games. Yakuza 6 or 7 or something just released. And now knowing what I know, I'm very excited to start playing the old Yakuza games. So just, yeah, 10 out of 10, 150 hours. Um, after that, I played Crash Bandicoot 1. Uh, not much to say. It's a classic Crash Bandicoot game. Not much to talk about here. Pretty easy to finish if you just want to go through the story. If you want to get 100% in the game, I think it'll be easy, just a bit time-consuming. It takes time to get good, but it's going to be worth it if you love your classic platformers. 12 hours-ish. Uh, I took a while because this was the, my first Crash experience since the PlayStation 1, since like back in the Philippines when I was trying to figure out how to jump in time. Uh, solid experience. 5 out of 10. In my perspective it was a good game i enjoyed myself i didn't hate anything of it no qualms in terms of how i felt with the game um very good very exciting very fun but it's a crash game like you you expect i got what i expected through the crash game and it was done very well for a crash game um i'm not the type of guy to 100 percent a game unless i absolutely i absolutely love it hence why yakuza 0 is 150 hours because i was trying to complete it uh, haven't completed it fully yet. There's a lot of things. I haven't learned to play Mahjong, okay? Um, but Crash Bandicoot, very good, very fun. Uh, this was part of the Insane Trilogy. You'll hear the other ones come up soon because I did not play them all at once. I played, like, games in between. The game in between Crash Bandicoot 1 and 2 was God of War 4. Okay, this is quite long. The paragraph that I have for this is long, and I have a bunch of things to say for it. So here we go. I was kind of disappointed with the game. The story was good. The character the character development of Kratos was good. I loved Atreus, and the whole parent-child story gets me. Uh, it felt like The Last of Us, but with Norse gods and Kratos, which was good. Um, I was just really disappointed with the lack of giant fights. 
The dragon fight was the best fight of the game visually, and the final fight just kind of fell flat, in my opinion. Um, I know there's a setup for the next game, but this was the same feeling you get in a movie where they're secretly planning sequels, or even three parts, and you're just wanting to get more in terms of the game's narrative. Uh, maybe my expectation for a giant fight was too much, because, you know... I just have weird expectations like that, but it's a God of War game. There should be a nice giant fight at the end of the game that can still be emotionally powerful, especially with the with the direction that the writers took for this one. It was a dope experience, though. Uh, to the regular gamer, it would be a top-notch experience. The lack of loading screens, being hidden by moving through a door, or traveling through the portals, which was, was really nice. Um, the fighting felt great and the upgrading system was nice it was smooth and like didn't really hinder anything uh i like the dress up part because each armor had its own look and it was own you know it was very beautiful to see so you can just kind of pick and choose unless you want to have the best armor uh seeing kratos develop throughout the game into a humbled father was really cool too i just wanted more at the end of the game and if the episodic what Oh, okay. I just wanted more at the end of the game, and if the episodic theory of memory says anything about that, a bad ending or a disappointing ending really harms the memory of a game, even though all the hours leading up to it, leading up to the ending, was dope. Thirty hours, six out of ten. Yeah, I was disappointed with this game. There was a lot that I was really expecting in terms of a God of War. Um, I haven't finished a God of War game before. I've started them, uh, most on the PSP. Or I've borrowed a God of War game and I've enjoyed the really gigantic fights. I was just expecting a lot for that end. Um, not spoiling who the fight was or what against the end, but that fight at the end just felt really meh. Like It felt like the penultimate fight, which was crazy to me because in terms of people playing the way that I do, which is just story-based sometimes, having that as a final fight really fell flat and it wasn't as good as I was expecting it, so it just made everything leading up to it feel empty, kind of like a letdown. I just wanted, I want, like the game itself was very good and the story and the way it was developed was very good and the fact that the entire story like occurs in one day in world, that was amazing, but I needed a big fight at the end. I needed something god of war at the end to make me feel it maybe it's just a new direction which is like i can't argue of it being a bad idea it's just it just felt it fell flat man it fell flat uh then i played crash 2 here's what i wrote not long at all it pretty much gets the same score as the first game nice and fun if you like platformers i just use the game to play for fun and to listen to youtube videos at the same time let me say that again because I know I stumbled. I just used the game to play you. I just used. Holy crap. I just used the game to play for fun and to listen to YouTube videos at the same time. 10 hours, 5 out of 10. Um, yeah, it was a crash game. What more can I say? Platformers. Excuse me. Really fun. Not too much to complain about. Not too much to, like, you know, praise in terms of it. Um, so each of these games I've played in each month, uh, Wolfenstein 2 was in January, Yakuza 0 was in February, March was Crash 1, and God of War was about April, and that's when I tore my ACL, and I was, you know, bogged down, so God of War, like, and these games onward, like, feel really recent to me, because these are the games that I played during my lead up to surgery and after surgery so 
there's a lot of like recent memory here that just makes me feel like these games have had an impact on me in terms of life and how I'm putting my episodes and life into chapters. That's a that's nothing against the games or the or about reviewing the games. It's just a little thought that goes into it. Um, and it actually leads up to this game. The next game I finished after Crash Bandicoot 2 was Overcooked, the first game. Um, because I was in surgery, because I just came out of surgery and because I didn't think about it soon enough, I didn't move the PlayStation to the living room. I was sleeping in the, li- I was um, living in the living room for about a whole month because that's the most comf- the comfiest place I could lift my leg. Um, I don't have to sleep underneath my bunk and there was a TV there and I had food accessible, which was nice. So that's where I was located. And because of that, I used my brother's switch, not my switch, my brother's switch. And I just played these games. I was going to play Breath of the Wild. I just never felt the need to. For some reason, I like put that off really hard. So when I get to playing that game, you'll hear about it for sure. So instead, I just had friends over who like, you know, I love so much because they came over at literally like my time of need in terms of how I was physically doing and mentally doing, which was nice. So we just decided to play Overcooked. Um, I had them play the story with me. There's only really one thing to do in terms of like finishing all the levels and doing all the stuff. Um, here's what I wrote. Great management, great management game with friends, coupled with nice visuals and fucking cute music. Good to have and play when you're fresh out of surgery and still want to have fun with friends who come over to check up on you. Uh, really hard, really bad to complete, especially that last level. So yeah, I didn't have my friends over 24-7. And because I was in the living room, my parents, when they came home, used it. And I couldn't really play with my brothers. Um, so I did play a bunch of levels by myself, which was not not boring. Like, it was really fun and really challenging mentally to, like, micromanage everything. But that last level, when you're trying to do all of the dishes that they've taught you how to make in the game as well as dealing with all the BS that's flying through. Not fun. And it kind of, like, chopped down the score for me because, again, I had a hard time and it wasn't, like, it was, It didn't feel good for, like, a one-player experience. But it's, but that's not, but that's how, that's not how the game is supposed to be played. It's a multiplayer game, right? Four players max. Best way to play it is four players. So it's kind of bad for me to score the way that I do or that I, the way that I initially wanted to score it. So it took about 10 hours to complete because I had to wait for friends to come through and relearn the game, etc. And I think that last that last level took me about two hours to complete by myself. Uh, final score, 5 out of 10. I had a good time. Not the best time, not the worst time. Could have given it a 4, but... I actually did want to give it a 4, but, you know, I played it single-player, which you're not really supposed to be... Like, it's not how the way the game is supposed to be played, which is how I feel about it. That's why I tried to give the score a decent score. So most of these games so far, middle of the rank, kind of like average. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 3. This one I actually enjoyed a lot more because there was a lot more variety in the levels. Um, The only difference was the... This is me reading what I wrote. Uh, The only difference was the level varieties, which was a nice new touch. Less levels, but a cleaner game overall. The driving part or the motorcycle bit was super dope, but overall it's the same crash platformer that you know and love. Uh, it took me eight hours to complete because I think at that time I was getting really good at crash games, so it just felt easier to traverse and know how to traverse through the world. Uh, five out of ten. 
basic enough to crash game and the variety of levels didn't give me enough um mental thing to push it right to push it to a higher thing so i think it's a good game it's a very good game just five out of ten it's a good crash game and here we go we're gonna start getting into some longer things this is probably gonna be the chunk of the podcast i played shit ah maybe i should do a shenmue cast all by its own i probably will yeah okay we're gonna skip over shenmue one and two I wrote quite a bit from it, and I have a lot of thoughts in terms of how I feel about the game. It's a very old game, remastered for the PlayStation 4, and it was an experience. It was an experience, so we'll, we'll actually, let's let's write that down right now. Shenmue cast. Um, in terms of, like, initial thoughts of the game, if you want to... Shenmue cast. Thoughts and prayers. Um, initial thoughts of the game good game i would say it's a good game but there's like a way that you would have to play the game in order to complete the game right and that's also going to jump into another topic that i'm thinking about for the future because i finished uh, a game recently as well so shenmue cast perfect cool um not gonna give you the score for that well actually no i gave you the yakuza score so i can give you the scores for them uh shenmue one I gave Shenmue 1 6 out of 10. Oh, I gave Shenmue 2 6 out of 10 as well. Both took about 20 hours to complete, respectively. QTE action-adventure life simulation type game. Uh, I played Yakuza Kiwami. That's going to take its own episode as well. I'm, I'm very into this Yakuza series right now, thanks to Yakuza 0. So I want to get the second game and subsequently the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, essentially. So I, I have that to to look forward to which was a which i'm very excited about um 26 hours to complete the story plus a couple side missions 10 out of 10 loved it love the story the yakuza stories and the side quests and everything about that world love it to the bone um afterwards i was kind of stuck with the games that i was playing didn't really want to play a story game no i didn't so i played persona 5 dancing in starlight um if you do not know the persona games are Japanese RPGs. They normally take about 100 plus hours to complete, 90 if you're good. They mix together a social simulator where you can grow friendships or relationships you have with the people around you. And that in turn helps with gaining skills and abilities for dealing with your dungeons and your castles is what I would like to call it palaces so essentially there's the social simulator side where you're a student and you're kind of dealing with making friends etc and whatnot and then there's the adventuring rpg side where you're traversing through levels in a dungeon to fight the boss and it's a turn-based strategy very fun very cool i love the series Um, persona 5 was my first one so of course i have an attachment to persona 5 itself have not finished four yet i think about going backwards in time but that might be a bad idea in terms of accessibility because persona 5 was a very accessible game in terms of how much they put the save rooms into each dungeon or each palace but this this dancing game um, they normally take the ip of these characters and the whole series or each specific game and they make it a dancing game for you to enjoy um 
that being said, Persona, the Persona games, you don't have to play the old, like, you don't have to play Persona 4 to understand Persona 5. They're all standalone games in respect, in their own respective game, I guess. And here's what I wrote. Uh, just a fun little side game for the Persona Five series. It's a rhythm game, which is ha- which. Uh, it's a rhythm game which has you hitting the corresponding button to the beat, and the difficult the difficulty mode that has been set. A lot of nice remixes with the song. I totally fell in love with all the songs all over again. Like I love the soundtrack to the Persona Five series. Like the acid jazz sound. It's so good. And if you haven't listened to my lyric analysis of. Uh, beneath the mask boy that i don't know this game this series has like hit me really hard in terms of liking a game and like falling in love for with a game um uh if you're a persona 5 fan and love the music and the characters as much as i do it's a nice easy buy buy it cheap if you would like uh, you can play dress up with the characters, have more interaction. There's more voice acting for the English people and the Japanese. Um, you see the twins interact with everyone else, which is quite nice because you only see the twins interact with the protagonist. Um, the dance animations are quite fun. It's just overall very good. It's a very fan servicey game in terms of, you know, if you love Persona 5. It took me seven hours to complete the main story. Um, I did 100% that one. I platinumed that for PlayStation. I also platinum Shenmue 1 and 2. We're going to talk about that some other time. But I platinum this game. Not very hard to platinum. Very accessible if you want to platinum it. Um, it was filled with a lot of fan service and the fact that they're in a dream. Yeah, so the, the basis of the, the game is that they were in a dream. And whatever happens in the dream, they'll forget when they wake up. But it's absolutely canon in terms of it happening because they... I don't know. It's canon, I guess. It was just one dream that out of nowhere happened that they're all thinking about so it doesn't ruin the timeline of the game itself um, maybe the twins were kind of question it's questionable if you finished the game um, but it's a nice little cop-out in terms of making the game part of the timeline and part of the series instead of saying like they're just dancing like it's a good it's a good framing device for the story inside the dancing game which is not a lot of story it's just more character development essentially um ba, ba, ba. the writing in the game is written in a way where your decisions are not influencing or have not influenced um the game so in persona 5 or in the persona series you can romance a character and in this game they have not put any work not i wouldn't say this is this isn't a negative but it's a good way to write it the way they wrote it was that your decisions in persona 5 didn't affect the dancing game um you can still act the way you would like in terms of the game but like they wouldn't the game save file wouldn't remember you romancing a specific person is the thing to say um Essentially, Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight just made me want to play Persona 5 again, and it whet my appetite for the Royal Edition. Um, this actually brought up an idea, because I was in the Persona 5 Reddit, and someone basically called everyone out for uh, praising the creation of Persona 5 Royale. This could be another episode in itself, but just quickly, is it, like, maybe 
the practice that Atlas has in terms of developing games is actually bad. And maybe this guy telling us that we're sheeple isn't the worst thing in the world because we probably are sheeple in terms of how we love the series. Anyway, the game, 10 out of 10. It took me 17 hours to complete. It's a rhythm dancing game. It's a beautiful game. You don't need to know how to dance. You just have to know how to press buttons on a controller. So getting down to it, one of the final three games um, that I've played, I played a bunch of old school PlayStation games. I bought the three-piece set of PSP crates, which was fun. I played Parappa the Rapper, Loco Roco, and I did not finish or have not finished Patapon. Um, we'll start with Parappa the Rapper. It took me like two hours to complete the story. It was five out of ten. Uh, it's an old school PlayStation rhythm game with some very old animation for the cutscenes, but the rest is updated for the PS4. All the songs, except for Cheap Cheap, was really nice and well done, and tight and consistent in terms of play. Uh, that level, Cheap Cheap, was such a bad level, and I was just only able to pass it by spamming the notes in the beat, and it apparently just worked. Like, it didn't matter if I missed it. Um, all the other songs in terms of gameplay was good, but not gonna lie, Cheap Cheap drops them really hard. And Cheap Cheap just, the, the level is just not well done in terms of how it is. Uh, one playthrough, two hours. It could have been less, but Cheap Cheap made it feel like forever. Um, five out of ten. Good rhythm game. Not the greatest story of all time, but if you're going to look at the game in the perspective of when it was made and how it was like taken in, um, I can see it being a classic. I can see it being really good. And I had a, I had a good time. I didn't hate it at all. So 5 out of 10. Uh, Loco Roco. PSP remaster on the PlayStation 4. It's a physics-based puzzle platformer that has adorable characters and adorable music. It just lets you explore and collect little bits of things in a very relaxed and engaging way. Uh, the characters feel like plushies. The cute aesthetic just keeps feeling keeps you feeling like a child. And the way that the physics works is both frustrating and satisfying when figured out. Not much to say, but a nice little break from AAA titles or expensive games. It took me 6 hours to complete. 6 out of 10 because it was an above average game and it was very... It, it, it hit me in terms of like the way... The physics in the game works because you are only allowed to press the shoulder buttons uh, for the PlayStation R1, L1, and you have to tilt the screen to move your player blob around. And the level has different textures to it, like somewhere like Jello blob stuff where you can bounce on it, and it like gives you a better bounce. Some are solid, some are sharp, and just the way that it the way that the world interacts with the player character just felt really good it felt really nice it was a long enough game for me to feel like i had like a decent adventure with the game and i just it was good i can't i can't say enough good things about the game not you know a game breaker or the world's greatest game but like such a good experience if you find it for cheap at the playstation uh store or if you find it in a PSP somewhere, man. Go ahead and play that game. That's a good time. It's a good couple hours if you just want to sit down and play some mindless adventures while listening to a podcast or YouTube videos. And finally, the last game that I've played, game number 14, I think. Let me count. One, 
2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14. Game number 14. The Last Guardian. 15 hours to complete my first playthrough. 7 out of 10. I'm going to film another episode in terms of... Um, actually, the topic is right here. For The Last Guardian, I'm going to film an episode about playing with guides and if playing with a guide is the wrong way to play games listen to that podcast to find out ha 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 pointing to another thing um but initial thoughts about the games that is really good it's really well done it was a beautiful story really beautiful animations sure my playstation like shat itself a bunch in terms of the frame rate and all the details that was being pushed out into the game but you know having a pet dog for an entire game like the game is okay so the the basis of the game is you are a boy who's woken up in this uh, temple right it's a temple and there's a giant trico beside you trico is an animal with it's like it's basically a dog with wings and two horns right it's a cute creature very adorable um and essentially you befriend this dog you befriend trico and you just help each other uh get out of the tomb and escape the, the tomb not the tomb it's a that say it's a tomb you you escape essentially this area it's not a tomb i can't figure out what it's called um what's interesting is that trico is an ai trico does things by itself and you need to tell trico what to do but what's really nice is that it felt like an actual animal because you don't have communication with Trico. The only thing you can do is say a thing or like point or show a motion and Trico will copy that motion. And half the time, you have to just do the motion once. So Trico won't get frustrated with you and not do it. Because if you keep spamming the thing, Trico will just not do it. Like it takes time for Trico to do your order or do what you're asking of him to do. Because he's a pet, like he has his own frustrations, and the way that it was designed felt really good. Because I was so frustrated by this goddamn animal the whole time. Like I can't. Oh, there's so many times where it like works perfectly, and I love Trico, and Trico's the best dog. But there's sometimes where Trico is just the worst piece of shit in the world. And I just wanted to spray him with something, but I don't have a spray bottle because it's it's ancient times, and it's an ancient dog creature. 7 out of 10, 15 hours. Really good experience. And that, my friends, that, dear listeners, has been all the games, has been, have been all of the games that I've played so far in the year 2019. Um, I will do another episode of this at the end of the year or when I've played enough games. But 14 games within 7 months is a lot of games. And it just shows how much fucking time I actually had to do other things. But I chose to play games. No. Playing games is fun. Playing games is good. Um, it's given me a lot of introspection in how storytelling is being told. And how the medium of being of video games is such a good medium. Um, I have different episodes coming up for certain games. Like I said, there's going to be a Shenmue cast. There is going to be a Yakuza, a bunch of Yakuza episodes coming out. Um, I'm going to give you The Last Guardian and other games in terms of playing games with a guide, so look out for that. A lot of things in terms of how these games have made me think and how I can create content with them and how they've affected my life, essentially. Um, just on a final note, if there are any games that you would like me to play, 
if you're out there and you're like, he should play this game because I think it's nice. Or like, I want to hear his opinions about another game. First and foremost, thank you for wanting to hear my opinions about a game. And thanks for recommending a game if you'd like me to play a game. Um, that has been the podcast. This has, this has been overanalyzing a thing. This has been my games review for halfway through the year in 2019 thank you so much for listening you can listen to this podcast in a variety of places youtube spotify hopefully itunes at some point uh still trying to figure that out podbean you can download it from there soundcloud is out of the question because i'm not going to pay for a soundcloud thing i'm poor i barely i don't have a job at the moment so there's no way i'm going to do soundcloud um Maybe when I start making money off of the podcast, or maybe I can do that as a Patreon thing in terms of paying for SoundCloud. Like, if I can get enough people to pay me on Patreon to put it on SoundCloud, then we'll keep it on SoundCloud. So, yes, thank you so much, Jumbled Radio Online, for hosting this show. I have been your host, Julian Orihana. You can find me on the socials, JulianOrihana17 on everything almost everything that's on instagram and twitter um julian arahana on youtube if you want to see my poetry videos rustlin and writing on instagram spelled w-r-u-s-s-l-i-n-a-n-t-w-r-i-t-i-n-g uh for that if you want to see some instagram poems and a 30-day challenge i've done through two 30-day challenges on that um have i got have i got anything else to show um, listen to the other casts. This is this has been overanalyzing a thing or oats. Go listen to a personal time or a personal talk elsewhere on the channel, elsewhere on the playlist, elsewhere on Podbean. Thank you so much for getting through this cast and listening to my opinions and my thoughts on games. Go play these games, man. If they're cheap and affordable and you've got time, I would suggest starting it and like coming back to it once a week or something. Most of these games are very good experiences. Um, yeah, thank you guys again so much for listening. I hope you guys have had a good time. I've helped you with your travels. Be safe. And I will hear you. You'll hear me again next time. This has no video. This has no visuals to it. It's a little post. All right. Goodbye.